For more than 65 years, Marin Health Medical Center, formerly Marin General Hospital, has been meeting our community's health care needs. And we are proud to present the Healing Podcast. Here's Bill Klaproth. You understand why you need a strong foundation for your house. Without it, the walls are going to crack and crumble, causing real problems. Well, the same thing for the foundation of your body. Bones. Strong bones provide structure, protect organs, anchor muscle, and store calcium. Very important. And here to talk bone density with us and bone density testing is Dr. Alexander Uline, an endocrinologist at Marin Endocrine Center. Dr. Uline, thank you for your time. So what is bone density? Sure. So thanks for having me. Bone densitometry uh, is, is the way we measure bone density, and it, the most common way to, to measure bone density is with a dual-energy X-ray absorptiometry machine, which basically uses X-rays in order to determine how much calcium is in bone. That gives us a, a very good sense of fracture risk over time, and it's really our, our best way to measure a patient's risk for fracture and a best way to follow the course of bone health over time as a patient ages. So besides fracture, are there other reasons it's important to measure bone density? The main goal of measuring bone density over time is to try and intervene before a fracture occurs. And and we know that in older people, fractures, especially hip fractures, can be extremely morbid events. They lead to a lot of uh, loss of independence and uh, even death for a variety of reasons, after a hip fracture, a patient's risk of death goes up substantially. And so uh, the main reason to measure bone density is to try to to intervene before a fracture occurs. There are a number of conditions that when we find them, we want to measure bone density even in a situation where we wouldn't ordinarily screen. So there are a variety of those conditions, and, and maybe we can talk about some of that a little bit later. The main goal is really to prevent fractures. Okay, so low bone density, and you talked about conditions. So one of the main ones then would be osteoporosis. Is that right? And what are the other ones? That's right. So so osteoporosis is really weakening of the bones in, in layman's terms. And you know, as people age, we basically, most people reach a peak bone mass at around age 30 to 40, so your bone density is actually going up through adolescence and into early adulthood, and then there's a plateau and it starts to decline around somewhere between age 30 and 40. That decline becomes much more precipitous, much more significant at around the time of the menopause in women, and uh, then continues after that. In men, it's it's more of a gradual decline throughout the years, through the, the 40s and into the 70s, 80s, 90s. So there are a number of different conditions that can uh, occur that, that could cause bone loss a little bit earlier on. One of those conditions, which is relatively common, is primary hyperparathyroidism. And so that's a condition where the, the parathyroid glands, which um, control the calcium balance in the body, start overproducing parathyroid hormone and cause calcium to actually come out of bone. It, it makes it uh, very difficult for the bones to stay healthy because there's a a hormone that's causing calcium to leak out of bone. That's one condition. Hyperthyroidism is another relatively common condition that can cause bone loss early on. Corticosteroid exposure, for example, many patients are on prednisone to prevent uh, 
inflammation or to treat inflammatory disorders, another condition in which we have to monitor the, the bone health of the patient, and it, it helps to do so early on in that treatment course so that we have a baseline and know to intervene early, there does appear to be a lot of bone loss. Well, that makes sense. And then what should we look out for? What are the symptoms of low bone density? It's really part of the part of the problem because there aren't a whole lot of symptoms. The, the first symptom is often a fracture. And so it makes it a little bit more difficult to screen for these conditions. It's why most guidelines recommend screening bone density at 65 for women, regardless of risk factors and it's 70 for men. Now, that should happen earlier in the case of uh, conditions that, that put people at increased risk. It is a difficult condition to screen for because there really aren't premonitory symptoms. So I'm wondering, what do you do then if you find out you have low bone density? Is there treatment for this? There are a number of different treatments. The first thing that we really need to figure out is there a secondary cause, for example, some of the, the conditions that I mentioned before, like primary hyperparathyroidism or hyperthyroidism or um, steroid exposure? There can be a number of other less common secondary causes that can contribute to this. So in certain situations, we really want to look carefully for other uh, conditions that could contribute to this before we start treatment because the treatment may not work as well. One of those situations is low calcium intake or low calcium absorption. Sometimes that occurs in celiac disease, small intestine disorders that that decrease the absorption of calcium. So depending on the situation, depending on the age of the patient, we sometimes have to screen for some of these conditions before we start treatment. If we find that there are no secondary causes, then we often start a medication. and, And the medications essentially fall into two classes. One class are anti-resorptive or anti-bone breakdown medications, and then there are also anabolic or bone-building medications. The situation that would require a more aggressive anabolic or bone-building medication is often someone who suffered multiple fractures already, but there, there are other cases where it may make sense as well. Most common anti-resorptive medications are medications like Fosamax or Alendronate, and reclass, which is an intravenous form of uh, bisphosphonate. And then prolia uh, is another anti-resorptive, which is given every six months under the skin. The anabolic medications, there are two of them now. For a long time, we only had one. Just this year, a new one has been released. That's the baliparatide. And teriparatide is the one that's been around for the longest. So we really have a host of treatment possibilities now, and we can very carefully tailor treatment to patient situation. Some of these treatments, especially the anti-resorptive medications, have gotten somewhat of a bad reputation in the past several years because there are some rare side effects that, that can occur, namely osteonecrosis of the jaw and atypical femur fractures, atypical long bone fractures. These things tend to occur, they occur very rarely, and they occur mostly in very specific situations. So it's, it's important to, uh, for patients to discuss the risks and benefits of, of the medications carefully, but also know that, that the side effects that have been publicized pretty heavily in the past several years are, are really quite rare, and the medications very effectively prevent fractures. Dr. Uline, in addition to medication, can you strengthen bones through exercise and lifestyle changes? 
exercise and adequate calcium and vitamin D intake are extremely important and adequate nutrition in general. So uh, the bone matrix, the non-calcium and phosphorus part of bone is made up of protein and it's very important to get enough protein in the diet. In addition, uh, calcium is an element that is not present in our diets as much as it used to be. We're eating less dairy products and uh, it's very important to get uh, enough calcium in the diet. For patients with osteoporosis, that generally means 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams of calcium every day, and it needs to be in divided doses because it's very difficult for the body to absorb more than 600 milligrams of calcium at once. So diet plays a major role. Exercise is also very important because it's the stimulus that bone gets from muscles pulling on bone and from weight-bearing on bone provides an additional stimulus to prevent a significant bone breakdown. And last question, Dr. Uline, how should someone schedule a bone density exam at Marin General Hospital? So to schedule bone density, there's two locations of bone densitometers. One is actually in our office at Marin Endocrine Center, and so um, you can call our, our main line at 415-461-1780. And then the other location is at the Breast Health Center at Drake's Landing, Marin General Hospital Breast Health Center. Those are the two locations of our densitometers. Generally pretty easy to get in to have a screening test done. That sounds good, Dr. Uline, and thank you so much for your time today. For more information, you can visit maringeneral.org. That's maringeneral.org. This is the Healing Podcast brought to you by Marin General Hospital. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Healing Podcast brought to you by Marin Health Medical Center, formerly Marin General Hospital. And for more information, go to mymarinhealth.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. And be sure to check out our full podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.